0: Hi everyone, it's Scott Graham, the host of the Follow Your True Azimuth micro-podcast. And today, our guest is Barbara Legere. Barbara is the author of Kevin's Choice, A Mother's Journey Through Her Son's Mental Illness, Addiction, and Suicide. This is a powerful book, I have to tell you. I'm speaking not just as a person who has been critical of the mental health system and how it deals with grief, but I'm speaking from the perspective of a licensed substance abuse counselor and clinical supervisor and former clinical director of a drug and alcohol treatment program. This book is powerful. Hi, Barbara.
1: Hi, Scott. Thanks for having me on your show. I'm excited to be here.
0: Barbara, tell us your true azimuth story.
1: A time I struggled to follow my true azimuth was when my son was deep into his heroin addiction and everyone kept pointing me to Al-Anon. When I say everyone, I'm not exaggerating. I heard it from friends, coworkers, people in recovery, police officers, drug counselors, etc. So I checked it out. I found a group specifically for parents got a sponsor, and started working the 12 steps. At first it seemed awkward to be working a 12-step program since I didn't have an addiction, but Al-Anon feels that codependency is like being addicted to your person. There are different definitions of codependency, but the one that resonated with me was, codependency refers to any enmeshed relationship in which one person loses their sense of independence and believes they need to tend to someone else. I was definitely tending to my son more than myself. I admitted to my group that I was codependent, and when someone asked me how I was, I would always reply about my son. I'd say, Kevin has 10 days clean, or Kevin is in jail, or Kevin's been gone for days and I don't know where he is. It was obvious that I'd lost myself, and all the attention was focused on him. I wanted to try and save him. In Al-Anon, I learned some helpful ways to take care of myself amidst my son's addiction, but the solution I heard the most often didn't resonate with me at all. I'd say over half the people in my parents' meeting said to use tough love. They defined tough love as ending contact with your child and not supporting them in any way. The intent behind it was to allow them to hit bottom and have nowhere to go but towards recovery. I knew that rock bottom for many opiate users was death. Yes, I had to t- I talked to some that said this method worked for them, but in interviewing people for my book, most that experienced tough love from their parents felt abandoned, hurt, and hopeless. I thought that because all the professionals and everyone I talked to thought Al-Anon was the only solution, that I better do what they said. So, I did try it for a period of time, but it only made him spiral deeper into his addiction. What helped him the most, he told me over and over, was constant love and reassurance that he was a valuable person and that he had the potential of having a good life. Sadly, due to his mental illness and his inability to stop using drugs, my son ended his life after almost 15 years of using heroin and math. He did find sobriety during that time, but it never lasted. I have no regrets about my choice. My son died knowing he was loved and we were very, very close throughout his 29 years. Do I blame myself for not using tough love? No. I'm not saying it doesn't work for anyone, but I knew it wouldn't be good for my son. I found that sticking to what I believed in my heart was the only way to live. I had to find my path that felt right for me. I have no regrets because I did everything possible to help him. I miss him every second of every day, and there is some comfort in knowing that his suffering has ended. I, I learned that you cannot save another person, and that if love was enough, a lot of people would still be here.
0: Wow. A powerful story, Barbara. And your courage, And I'm not talking about your son. I'm talking about the courage to call out the ineffective status quo that so many counselors spew forth about addiction and recovery. I have been working in the addictions field in one way or another since 1988, from intake counselor to clinical director and program director. Your perspective is spot on. For the sake of our listeners, can you tell them a little bit more about why this tough love approach is so ineffective?
1: I don't believe in tough love because it's something that is the opposite of what a person who's struggling needs. They need love and support and encouragement. They need to know their value. Um, I just could not turn my back on my son. I wanted to be there for him.
0: You clearly have learned a lot through your struggles and the struggles of your son about mental health and helping those who grapple with addiction. What are your biggest learnings?
1: I learned that there is no one size fits all in addiction and recovery. I also learned I was brave enough to stand up for my own opinions.
0: Thank you so much for sharing your experience and your true azimuth story with us today.
1: You're welcome. It was a pleasure to be here. The best way to reach me is through my website at barbaralegere.com. Legere is spelled L-E-G-E-R-E. I write mostly about grief, addiction, recovery, and mental health.